What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into a special cooperative event. This is the Off Tackle with John Fina Show and the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show, post-game show, with some special guests. We're coming off of a Buffalo Bills victory. Happy Victory Sunday to everybody. Happy Victory Christmas. Merry Victory Christmas, John. Merry Victory Christmas Eve, Joe Miller. That's that too. Uh, this show is brought to you by two awesome sponsors, Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, as well as the Market Dominator. Uh, and we will bring our special guests in in a moment. Before we do anything, let's get one of our spots out of the way. So let's hear from uh, Ficta Endel and Elmer first. Picture this crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care. Focused on you. Go Bills! If you are in the market to get some eye corrective laser corrective surgery done, please do not hesitate. Uh, call Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care. They are awesome. They are good to us. They're good to Buffalo Rumblings. We appreciate them. Uh, Merry Christmas to them as well. Big John. Big John. Big dubs. Big dubs. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> you know, it, it's a little bit like on Christmas morning, you got a gift, right? So you're happy about getting the gift. And then you open it up and your Aunt Claire gave you the bunny suit, the pink bunny suit. Like Ralphie is like, I got a gift, but it's not awesome. But in the end, you're like, I got a gift. So it was awesome. We got the W, right? Yes. It, yeah. it, it, we, we definitely got the dub. And at the end of the day, Josh Allen is 100% correct. You, you win in advance. And the Bills have been in playoff mode for the last, this is the third week now. They are in full-on playoff mode. I can't even begin to imagine 
what it must be like. It's one thing to go into the playoffs like with four games to play, a four-game tournament if you don't have a bye, three games if you have a bye, and then if you stack three games on top of that, it's like we can't lose for two months. Two months we can't lose. The pressure, right? The pressure has to be immense. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because people would say, well, what do you miss about the NFL? What don't you miss, right? And I say, oh, well, I miss the camaraderie. I miss actual playing on Sunday. You know, me versus Joe Miller, one-on-one, the whole game, you know, that intensity. Right, right. But what I didn't mess, miss was the pressure, the stress, you yeah. know, just because you only got – now it's 17, but when I played, you only had 16 chances to prove that you were worth a crap that they would bring you back the next year. Right. 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 You go to, you know, people go to work five days a week for, you know, 50 weeks a year and you get a lot of chances. 16 is not a lot of chances. It actually brings up a really good point where it, it, cause you've been through a lot of this. um, Where is the mindset of the player? I would love to know before we bring our guests in, I would love to know because I get the whole uh, interim head coach. Our guy just got fired bump in the middle of the season like when things are, you know, there's still opportunity. We could turn some stuff around this late in the season. I didn't, I expected this to be a blip in the radar. I did not expect the chargers to come out. Uh, the players specifically, they were, they were wound up and ready to play much like the Buffalo bills were last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Where does that mind flip come in? And I guess the question I would ask to a player you is, and I guess maybe I know the answer why can't they carry that into almost every week? I get a slip up here and there, but it just seems like that team could have been a lot better this year. Their head coach may not have been fired if they brought that energy that they brought last night every week up to this point, right? Yeah, I get it. It's hard to sustain, right? It's not that you're not up for the game, but you know that sustaining of luck and momentum, it's it's just it it's hard to it's hard to maintain it for 17 games. Right. It's hard to maintain it. And I have a theory. We'll talk about it a little later because I think it's a really good theory on what what people expect from a game and why they expect it and what the results and how it matches up to their feelings. But, you know, by and large, when I looked at the game, when I was watching the game, you know, with you uh, and the rest of Bill's Mafia, I'm thinking to myself, these guys are fired up. We're not playing horribly, but we're just just little mistakes here and there, whether it's a penalty or a drop pass or a poor throw or one bad block or one, you know, one missed tackle. And those things kind of stack up. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's weird to me is I watched the game and I got, I got ran a little bit for it. And then Jerry came over the top in a text message and he's like, you're right. As far as that goes, when I said the very first drive, there was an aspect of like the bills were playing soft. They were playing like soft, like quarters, like zone coverage and they're like almost kind of wanting to see. And I I know this bill's defense and Sean McDermott does that a lot. We want to see what you're going to do. Right. And we're going to kind of let you flex a little bit on the first drive. And then we're going to clamp, make some adjustments and clamp down on it. It just seemed for, for, I mean, (laughs) I've never heard of stick before. Like he just, it looked easy at times. And I think that's something that, yeah, we can get into it a little bit because it's just, they at times it just seemed like there were guys wide open all over the all not all over the football field but there was always a guy open on the field and he found him like he knew exactly where to go with the football which 
you know, with 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 quarterbacks that there's not a lot of game film on that happens a lot. I get it. And the Bills did what they needed to do. But it's an interesting it's an interesting feel. So I'll be interested in, in just some of your thoughts. Uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, bring our guests in? So we are going to do something very special. Uh, John and I are both girl dads. And on this Christmas family time event, we wanted to bring in both of our daughters. Uh, so welcome to the show. McKenna Miller, my firstborn. And uh, Mimi Fina, uh, w- one of John's four kids, right? So, yeah, welcome, ladies. And f- and firstborn also. Oh, oh, I did I did not know mm-hmm. that. So, two firstborn. Welcome, welcome to the show, ladies. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. It's good to have very you guys. exciting. <laughs> you know, long time listener, first time caller in. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Although I have seen you over your dad's shoulder pre-show or post-show many times as far as that goes. I'm like talking to you and generally you can't hear me because you don't have headphones mm-hmm. on. But uh, we've, we've solved that problem. McKenna, how are you feeling this morning? Mm, pretty good. I'm excited for Christmas. And <laughs> I don't know. I was excited about the game, but I'm not that excited. Because <laughs> it wasn't that good of a game, I guess. <laughs> She's just letting it rain. Anytime, anytime you get the W, it's a, it's a great game, right? We got the W. She's coming out of the gate uh, firing. So what we like to do here on this show, and, and this is going to be more of an off-tackle show than an overreaction show because the overreaction show is a monologue where I basically just talk through my feelings and I don't want that to be it. We want to have a family conversation. Uh, we go through overall thoughts of the game, the good, the bad, and then effectively kind of like next week, if you will. So we could probably start there, John. Yes. If we ask the girls just their overall arching thoughts, or do you want to start with the good? Where do you want to go? What are you feeling? Let's go. Let's go. So ladies, Mimi, you can go first. Just an overall general quick thought of how you thought that game was just thoughts of the game going in and then kind of what played out. Um, you know, I feel like going each game, everybody in my family that I had talked to was like, oh, you know, like it's Chargers, they just lost by 40, like it's gonna be fine. I was like, okay, guys, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. They got that head coach firing bump, like we're in their own home. They're also wanting to play for Christmas. So, and you know what? Joe's favorite quote is that it's a week to week league. <laughs> you never know how things are gonna go. So I it's football. So I was ready to watch it. I was enjoying the time with my family. I was enjoying sitting in the back couch in my own little anxious spot at certain times. But, you know, we got the win. It was a close win. So I'll take it. Yeah. McKenna? Personally, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I thought that the Chargers wouldn't really try because they don't really have, like, something to play for anymore, like, other than a better draft pick. So I thought that they were just going to like, it was going to be an easy game personally. And then it wasn't. And then I was just like, oh, okay. So it was kind of disappointing when they were actually doing good. And like they were had an awful game against the Patriots. So I was expecting us to crush them. And then we didn't. And then we didn't. Yeah. Very good. John, overall thoughts? <clears throat> so I, I wanted to bring this back up now that the girls are on here. I was thinking to myself, like, you know, last week when you said, oh, we're going to curb stomp the, the the Chargers and I got furious and I'm knocking on wood and I got up and I'm like, you know, and, and then it, I had a moment of epiphany yesterday and it, it kind of falls into this category of, you know, when I think passionately about something and people do this all the time, they do this um, uh, presumptive agreement statement. Well, we can all agree that, right? So, a lot of fans will get into this mode that 
this is what it is, right? And anything that falls short of that expectation is some sort of, not really a betrayal, but now you're looking for reasons why it didn't happen. Oh, they, they weren't up for the game. They didn't study hard. They, the other team wanted it more than they did. When in actuality, it's just a good game, right? That team came to play. They had a lot of motivators to play. But when you put yourself in the space of thinking, we should beat the crap out of these guys, and then it doesn't happen, you start talking about, we're playing down to the level of our opponent or this and that. And so you go through like a reverse self-affirming self-talk, mm-hmm. right? And it's just not the case with players. Like we don't look past a team because the game is made up of individual battles cobbled together into a team effort, right? Yeah. So you don't have this flatness from everybody. There are always bad plays and great plays by some people, but and we've talked about this before. Some people say there's no such thing as momentum, but there is, there is momentum. There is, and you know we came off a short week. They have a new coach, an interim GM, all that kind of stuff. There's a level of rejuvenation that you feel when you are at rock bottom, and you start to feel good. Your energy explodes. You become an evangelist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're out in the field against 53 evangelists, and having come off a big victory against Dallas. That is just kind of the the mix of it all. So getting the win, in the words of Jerry O, a win is a win is a win. Very much so. There was a lot to this game for me that was just, and and there's a lot to to football and the science and the ebbs and flows and the the matchup piece that that as a fan I'll never understand and fully comprehend and get um, all the things that you said. Right? Not only did I, by the way, say curb stomp your your fella who's been on the show, and I'm not saying he listens to our show, but Steve Tasker also said on one Bills Live this this week that the Bills should curb stomp the Chargers. Uh, but they came. We came off a short week. Six days to prepare, have to fly to the West Coast. Uh, they actually played last Thursday, so they had like eight, ten days to prepare for this football game. New head coach, a lot of juice, a lot of fire there. Um, you don't know what matchups are, but going in, just knowing that like Keenan Allen's not in this football game, Joey Bosa's not in this football game, Austin Eckler this year's looked like a shell of himself. But I think a lot of what encapsulates kind of what happened was what Sean McDermott said in the postgame press conference, which was they did a lot of things they have not put on tape, which is interesting because the Bills are doing similar things with Joe Brady, right? There's stuff that this team can do that Ken Dorsey was not doing that for some reason Joe Brady's now doing. So I think there's a lot of stuff like that that kind of happened this, like in this football game that they did a lot of stuff, which is probably why the Bills played, as I said, on defense, kind of a wait and see game. Let's just kind of see what they want to do against us before, right, we just fully commit. Although I, I don't know. Everybody else getting that static? Yeah. Uh, just now, but not back. I don't know who it is. Hang on a second. It's like, it's John. John, it's you for some reason. I don't know why it's you, but uh, yeah. So anyway. Bad, but, bad internet. Bad internet. But for some reason, going down 10 nothing. I don't know that it helped their case, but the Bills had what it took to kind of come out of it. But yeah, so as far as the good, let's talk about the good. And I think what's, what's what would be a fun exercise for us as far as just uh, as a group. Asking the girls real quick. Um, asking the girls real quick, just, just as far as when you think of the good, in this football game and how this football game went, what was McKenna? I'm going to let you go first. What was the best player 
in this game that you saw? <clears throat> what was like who played the be- who had the best game in this game for you offensively? Probably Gabe Davis. I mean, coming into the game, he didn't really have any catches. I think he didn't have a catch for like two games or so. Is that true? Uh, I think he had. I don't remember the numbers. It was four to six. He hadn't had a catch in four of the last six games. He did right. Catch. Yep. Yeah. So then him coming into this game and catching those long balls and like actually actually catching it. <laughs> um, like and he had a couple of them and they were good catches and they were like hard to make. But like he had a really good game in my opinion. Yeah, he did. It was it was impressive to me. Just I think you and I both when he caught the long ball, the touchdown pass that we were like, oh my god, he caught it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't great, John. Your your audio for some reason is super super staticky. Your microphone. I don't know if you can plug, unplug it and plug it back in or something like that. Or like a different microphone. Mimi, what about you? Um, McKenna took my offensive player, which was ah. Gabe Davis. So I'll go defensive side of the ball. But you know, I think Ed Oliver had a pretty big game. He talked about it afterwards. That sack to kind of seal the end of it um, in the locker room. How. He was saying McDermott was like, look, we got to wrap it up. And he said, okay. Um, And he got his, you know, bonus for that sack incentive. And he talked about getting home to make Christmas for his family with it. So I I, think that that was exciting. Yeah. I think it was just incredible that I think it was incredible that Josh Allen knew that like that sack got him, like pushed him through to then like his next extensive barrier break. Well, John, how much is that a conversation in the locker room? The players know like no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a big conversation, and it, but it's not like you know, hey, I've got to get this or this and that. I mean, you bring it up in conversation, man. I'm so close. It's and we didn't have a lot of that in in our contracts. Of course, I had none in mine. I don't know, <laughs> but no, they talk about it a little bit, and it, it's kind of like you know, it just depends on the guy too. Like Ed Oliver strikes me as the type of guy who likes to keep the locker room fun and light and you know, bring guys up that are feeling down and, you know, just kind of uh, keep the the morale high, you know? So he'll yeah. be like, let's go, guys. Come on, put some pressure on. I want to get that sack. We'll take you all out to dinner. And then he does it, you know? <laughs> it's it's always fun, too, like when the, when the, when the coaches seem to kind of know or they're aware that there's an incentive out there and, like, you see them try to push to get a guy. Like, uh, we watched the San Francisco 49ers do it with Christian McCaffrey when he had the streak going, the touchdown streak. I think he was at 16. And they are like, we're working really hard to get him his 17th game in a row touchdown. He didn't get it, but it's always fun to see that. John, from your opinion, player of the game in this game? I like Taron Johnson. You know, played aggressive, playing terrific, right? Had a great week last week. Uh, really just from a decimated secondary perspective where every, every team thinks they can pick on Benford, they can pick on Taron Johnson, you know, he's really delivering. He, he's just playing super good football. Second, My second player of the game is both offensive guards. You know, I, I haven't gone back and dissected the film yet, but what I'd say is when you don't see them highlighted, when you don't get penalties, when you don't hear their name called and they generally disappear, it usually means they played pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always want to give props to the big boys up front when I can. Yeah. And speaking of big boys up front, it's interesting to me, like Puna Ford is a great conversation and a great topic just to talk about. And, and a wonder of why and where he's been, he got in, he played one game this year so far. It was the new England game. He actually played pretty well in that game. And the bills have guys on this defensive line that are not, 
for lack, I mean, no pun intended, pulling their weight. They're not playing maybe as well as expectations would say that they should be playing. Um, but I thought Puna played well. But but McKenna and I, it, McKenna actually said to me in the middle of the game after Terrell Bernard, I think he had the one sack. She's like, where did this guy come from? And that was like third round pick. And she's like, where was he last year? I was like, we had Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. He couldn't get on the football field last year. Um, but I thought Terrell Bernard played really, really well. Like it was a, it, he has been solid all year long. Um, but there's a lot to be said for what's happening on this defensive line, or uh, sorry, this entire defense, as far as just playing maybe even outside of what their expectations should be with the losses that they've had. Again, we know the losses, but Micah Hyde not playing in this football game. Um, it was, uh, it was something to be, something to be said for sure. So anything else, anything else anybody wants to talk about as far as the good from this game? That we all got to watch it together. I know that's always good for me, being so far away. I enjoy getting to watch it. How long? How long? How long are you home for, Mimi? I'll be home until like first week of January. So I got the next Bills as well to watch at home. Yeah, real quick, we probably didn't do any of this. So you're you're a student, a college student, a grad student at FSU, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm McKenna. studying the. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You're studying. Oh, I'm studying mental health counseling for my master's. Oh, I might need some of that being a Bill fan. <laughs> McKenna, and uh, where where are you currently going to school, McKenna? Um, I can say the school. Well, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I go to Frontier, <laughs> Frontier High School, and I'm a junior. And you're and you're both athletes, McKenna. You play what? Flag football. And what what position do you play? I rush the quarterback. She is a pass rusher, and uh, McKenna, interestingly enough, played quarter. She actually played quarterback when she first started playing fantasy fo- or fantasy football. When she first started playing flag football in the second grade, uh, in the second grade, which was funny to me. Uh, and John, I may have told you this story before, but I'll say it again. Uh, what's interesting about that is I got told by one of the other parents that like girls always make the best quarterbacks at the at that young of an age because they actually pay attention. And they like learn football. And sure enough, we got out there and she got picked to be a quarterback. And we like learned. I showed her how to throw a football and turning her hips and all that kind of stuff. And she still can throw a football pretty well. And like the coach would like be coaching them up. And McKenna's just standing there, like staring at the coach, like, like taking in everything he's saying. Meanwhile, all the boys were like bending over, like picking up grass and like trying to like pick stuff, like picking flowers off the football field. <laughs> I remember specifically times McKenna being out on the field and like the play call would come in and she's like yelling at the other boys, like that they're not in the right spots. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be there <laughs> in the second grade, which is great. And Mimi, you are also an athlete. What do you play? Yes. I like to say that I'm retired now, but I played retired. rugby throughout my undergrad. Yeah. Retired, retired rugby player for Arizona state. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is, is that John's alma mater, alma mater? Or was that, or did uh, I, I always get Arizona. <sighs> John went to Arizona. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Gotcha. Very good. Go ahead, John. You're going to say so good. Right. No, I was, I was just laughing at you. You got to get that right, man. It's like serious business in the state. Like you don't <laughs> confuse Arizona state and Arizona. It honestly, Joe, it just, it makes you seem like you're not doing your homework. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm not a college football fan at all. The only rivalry rivalry we know is Ohio state and Michigan. That's the only one that That's matters. Right. Go bucks. <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about we talked about the good joe Let, let's let's talk about holy cow needs work you want to do that yeah let's do that because i want to go first you have the floor my friend 
How many times have I told you I could you could fair catch every punt? You could just be so vanilla and so boring. Just don't hurt us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, actually, uh, the punter did well yesterday. I thought he kicked the ball really well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bass hit his field goals, kicked the ball to the end zone, except for the squib. But we, we fumble, right? And so if it's not a fumble, it's two blocks in the back. I just, I just don't. I, I just have always hated special teams in with the regard that everybody wants to see a big play. I just want to see no play, nothing <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so it just aggravates the living hell out of me. It really does. Um, the work, uh, just oh, you know, it's, it's it's Dolphins week, right? We're going to mm-hmm. have to firm up coverage. Uh, I'm sure the game plan that the Dolphins bring won't be the same as when we, you know, collapsed them last time. So we have to be so sound defensively. I think the key to this game is really going to be our defense shutting down the Dolphins offense. So there's a lot of work in the secondary. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Mimi, your thoughts on just kind of like a a player that needs to maybe play a little bit better or just work in general from what you saw? I think like, it's a bunch of components. Like I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the year, Diggs was getting like his a hundred yard receiving games. And then we kind of got James cook going. And then in this game, when we were struggling with both of them, we got Gabe Davis going a little bit. Um, and Shakir's of course been sprinkled in throughout those, but if we can get all of those parts going at the same time, I think that that would be just a beautiful thing to watch. I understand it's hard. And I'm glad that we do have people stepping up when kind of these other pieces are maybe lagging a little bit, but I think once we get them all together, I think it'll be a thing of beauty. Agreed. McKenna, the floor is yours. Um, well, I mean, they didn't play as clean this week. Like, last week, there wasn't as many penalties as this week, I feel like. Like, the one drive where there was four penalties and just one drive, and that really just screwed us up a bit. Like, I don't know. And I'm not blaming it on the refs because, I don't know, I think all the penalties were the Bills' faults. And I don't know. I just think it was just stupid how they were. Four penalties in one drive, like, you can't – like. Right after you get a penalty, you should know to like be clean, but they weren't doing that. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that too is like like two of those were actually first downs. They actually made first downs, and then a penalty dropped mm-hmm. them back. They made like the seventeen yard first down, and then another penalty dropped them back. And then on that last play uh, that Josh Allen was scrambling, like losing his mind, right before Sam Martin had to kick it from his own end, end zone, he had Khalil Shakir wide open in the middle of the field, but because of the rush, Josh could not let the ball go. He like literally like. Khalil's like waving his arms like I'm right here and like there's nothing Josh could do except pull it down try to squiggle around and then like pull it down again he just could not get the ball out that's really good there's a lot in this game for me and I think Mimi kind of was going in the direction that I wanted to go which was what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is Scott Galloway host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I don't know what it is, and maybe John can speak to it, just being a former player and, and, and you know what happens in conversations in the locker room as far as around game planning and as they break down film and they talk about stuff like Stephon Diggs vanishing from this offense two years in a row late in the season is just strange. And I've watched enough Tony Romo um, to listen to him like talk about what a receiver should do. And Tony, a lot of people don't like Tony. I think Tony's great because he, he has a, an outlook and a, and a preview of a play that I don't think anybody else gives us. But there's times that he talks about like a receiver flattening off his route. And Stephon Diggs did one in this game as well, where he went out and broke to the – he actually double moved, but broke back to the post and kept going towards kind of like the pylon. And Josh shorted the ball like by a lot. And there's an aspect of like listening to Tony, Tony Roman. I said this on, when McKenna and I were on the couch. Like was was he supposed to flatten that route, route out? Like was Josh expecting him to come kind of come more lateral across the field? But they've got to do something. There's something broken. There's something wrong in this offense where the two guys that kind of like made this 2020, 2021 thing happen when Josh, Josh Allen and Stefan, like those two guys are like bread and butter, right? Right. They're salt and pepper They're, I mean, they're whatever you put together, they go together. Uh, and for some reason it's just not clicking and it hasn't for the last couple of years, they've got to figure something out. So John floor is yours. What do you see in that relationship uh, as far as just, Kind of, and I can't unmute you for some reason. So I'm trying to unmute you. I don't know if you can unmute yourself. Uh, yeah, you muted yourself. Um, just the floor is yours as far as just just your thoughts on that relationship. What's going on there? Why they're having trouble connecting? It, basically, Kelly and Reed. Right? There was never a time when right. Kelly and Reed couldn't find each other. Like these two, for some reason, are having trouble right now. Well, first and foremost, I'm going to make a correction here. I did say Miami week. I do know that it's New England week, but. Uh, and maybe the listeners don't know this. The game plan for Miami is being built this week. The game plan for New England was built last, last week. week. Right. Right. Because you cannot you can't build a game plan while you're trying to practice and, and install it. So um, to your point about the, the one pass, first of all, I don't I think Diggs feel, felt like Josh was rolling to his right. And if he flattens it out and heads to the sideline to Josh's left, that's a much harder throw. So I think he goes deep, trusting that Josh can get it there. I just think it was there wasn't enough on that ball. Uh, yes, he, Stephon Diggs is, is incredibly important to this offense, but the fact that he hasn't been getting 100-yard games for the past four, five, or six is not a bad thing in my opinion because when you're getting the ball to – uh, James, when you're getting the ball to Dalton, when you're getting the ball to Gabe and Shakir, you're bringing that those people's confidence 
a level up. You're giving Josh more confidence in their play. They'll scheme, I believe, a little bit more. But also defenses now can't just say, we're going to lock down on Stephon Diggs, right? We, we can't do that, right? Because, because these other three guys or four guys are a real threat, and we need to honor that now. So I'm sure Joe Brady's sitting there with his pencil and thinking about – uh, you know, last week, of course, what what New England does well, what they don't do well. How do how how do we get Stefan Diggs the ball? And that question is asked. They talk about that. So I'm not too concerned about it because stacking up W's right now. Yeah, and he'll get his shot. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll get it to him. I think what's interesting is Stefan Steph isn't young, right? So Steph has been in the league for a long time. Uh, this is obviously his fourth thousand yard season in a row with the Bills, and he was with the Vikings, I think, for four yard four years before that. So Steph has got some tread on the tire, some wear on the tread of the tires. But this isn't a situation where he's fallen off a cliff. I think there's just something out there, something is going on with this football team where they're just having a hard time getting him connected to the game plan, getting him connected to kind of what's going on, or. I, 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 it's, it's always weird for me to watch football games and you, you just, you go, even if the bills are playing against somebody and you know, going in that, that Brady's going to throw the ball to Gronk or Brady's Brady's going to throw the ball to Randy Moss or, you know, like Devonte Adams is going to get the football, like whoever the quarterback is and whoever the receiver is, is they're going to find each other. And for some reason, late in the season last year and this year, the bills have just kind of, kind of gone through a couple pockets where it's been a little bit strange where they just Josh and Steph are having a little bit of trouble, not a big deal, but just, Obviously, just work, right? Something they need to work on, which is great. Uh, let's take a quick second and hear from our other show sponsor, the Overreaction Show sponsor. Let's hear from uh, John Spazcheck, the Market Dominator. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spazcheck. That's right, the Market Dominator. And I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Go Bills, 100% true. I called John Spazcheck and got this wonderful home that McKenna and I are sitting in right now. And if you were in the market to buy or sell a home in this crazy market with these crazy interest rates, you do not want to do that alone. Please give John and his team a call. Uh, again, John will answer his phone. Let's do this. Let's, uh, as we're kind of wrapping this show up here on Christmas Eve, we want to get everybody back to their families. And we appreciate everybody that's online live with us right now because there's a whole bunch of you, uh, which is great. Uh, so thank you so much for being a part of the show and all of you in the comment section as well. And thank you, Mimi and McKenna, for both also joining us on the show. This has been fun so far. Let's talk about the next two games and just kind of some expectations. <coughs> and uh, basically, do where where are you at, McKenna? I'm going to let you go first. So expectation for the Bills playing the Patriots, the Bills playing, and then going to Miami and playing. So Patriots at home, Bills playing uh, the Dolphins in Miami. And then do you think your thoughts on those two games, do the Bills make the playoffs and do they possibly win the East? Do they, did they sneak one out? Do the Dolphins let up into the Bills win the AFC East? Where are you at on the rest of the season? I mean, I don't want to set my expectations too high because if I do, then 
you know, I'll be disappointed because that's just the Bills, you know. And then I'll get a note in my lunchbox saying, I'm sorry I made you a Bills fan. Love, Dad. Um, but TMI. I mean, TMI right there. TMI. <laughs> I think it's very possible for us to win the East because the Dolphins have a hard schedule. I mean, they play the Cowboys and the Ravens and then us. And I think that we can beat the Patriots, and I think we can beat the Dolphins also. So – I just hope that we will, obviously, but um, I don't know. You can never expect too much. I mean, the Dolphins have been really good this season. I don't know. I didn't expect them to be that good, but they are. But I think we're better when we want to be, and I think that if we want to be better and we actually try, then I think we will win. Good. Go ahead, Mimi. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think you got some great points there, McKenna, um, especially about, like, you know, managing expectations and being prepared for all the different outcomes. Um, sorry, I'm sounding like a therapist right now. My bad. Um, but <laughs> I'm just thinking about what you're saying. And I... Wait, l- I let, me, really, let me lay down. Let me lay down first. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Are you ready, Joe? How are you doing today? <laughs> Tell me about your mother. <laughs> um. But I I agree. I think we can beat these teams that we've got coming up. I hope that they go out into the Patriots game with some vengeance, with some seek for revenge, especially because it'll be a home game in Buffalo looking to set the record straight after the last meeting. Um, And I hope that they are able to do that with some clear minds as well. Like I want the vengeance. I want the fire to be there, but to, you know, see straight at the same time. Uh, but I think they can do it. I'm excited for what the rest of the year holds, though. Awesome. John? You know, it just scares me. They're they're not a good team with a record, right? They don't score a lot of points. Uh, I mean, paltry amount of points. Patriots. You're talking about the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They don't score a lot. And, again, to me, if we could shut them down, harass the quarterback – uh, it, just get into a rhythm. I think that, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't win this game. And I say that not like curb stop, right? I just say win the damn game. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a division rivalry, just like the one following. And you just want to win the damn game. I don't care if it's by one point or hundred points. What do you need to do to get it? Just shut them down. You got to belittle them, harass them, big boy football, like you like to say, up front, defensively, and just, you know, for the first quarter, just strangle them off. You know, you want to have 10 minutes of possession. You want to see them punt two twice in the first quarter and score on your first two drives, touchdown on a field goal or two touchdowns. Uh, same with uh, down in Miami, though, I think the approach is going to have to be a little, little different. Obviously, we have to shut down Tua, but I think we have to take some chances offensively. I think we got to stretch the field a little bit as best we can. I think we got to move. Uh, I'd like to see Josh get outside the pocket a little bit early and sort of roll out run kind of option. Uh, he just seems to get really lubricated and ready to go when he has a chance to run the ball early. I th- We can win both of these games, right? Uh, I think. I think Miami can lose too. They can lose Dallas. They can lose the Ravens. That is, they have a rougher mm. uh, two game stretch mm. uh, than we do. Mm-hmm. Or so what did, do you, right? What do you, we had the Chargers. 
yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts? So what is what would it mean if the Bills actually come from behind, like from being 11th? So out of 16 teams in the East, the Bills were in 11th place two weeks ago. They're in a playoff spot right now. Clearly the games on Sunday have to be played, and then that'll kind of determine what happens and where they sit after, like on Monday. Uh, but if the Bills literally come back from, from 11th place and win the AFC East after the Dolphins, I think they had a three-game lead, two or three-game lead of the Bills. I, I just there's – a, there's a lot of uh, – I don't want to say demoralization, but just um, it'll be it, – while the streams land kind of stuff going on as far as that goes. When I look at just uh, the next two games that are kind of coming and the Bills and their opportunity, I believe they're going to win. I, I feel like they can beat the, the Patriots, obviously. I feel like they can beat the Dolphins. We match up well. There's just this thing, and you and I have talked about it, John, of playing to the level of your opponent, and I don't know what it is. Like The Buffalo Bills might be the best team I've ever seen at playing to the level of their opponent. It's it's really like I, your team, John, when you guys played football, it didn't matter who you were playing. Yes, if you got a tough matchup and we've talked about those games, it would be a battle. But by and large, we're going to go out and do our thing regardless. We don't care who you are. We don't care what you're going to play. We don't care who's on the football field. We're going to go do our thing. And when we wax you by 25 or 30 points, whether you're in first place or in last place, it is what it is. There's just an aspect that this team whatever is happening. And I don't know, even know what goes into it. So I think that's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that the bills go into this Patriots week. Again, you said the big game plan was built last week, but there's just, I don't know if it's a letting up. I don't. So color me a little concerned, right? Just, I just have a measure of concern. Joe, I'm concerned every game, but <laughs> there isn't a game. There isn't a game on the schedule ever. That doesn't, I don't think, wow, we don't play well enough. This team could beat us. And but if but, you just levels. Go ahead. That's the level set that I always go with. Like they're grown men, they get paid, they have people, they're fighting for their jobs. I've got to fight for mine. I have to get up every week personally. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the dice don't roll in your direction, but it's just not as academic as I think a lot of people want to feel. Yeah. Like, well, we should we should beat them by twenty one. It's just it's just not that way. If you want to say that's this team. You know, the only way that I would agree with you is circumstantially where we both feel like stop sitting back in soft coverage in these types of circumstances, which we tend to do. Now, last night, I thought to myself, this is a great opportunity to bring pressure. We did. We had uh, Taylor Rapp and Mike or uh, sorry, Jordan, Jordan Poyer now de facto coming up and, and, and almost like playing a man situation because we're giving up nickel corner and linebacker to the quarterback. And those that that's a hard way to play because you're playing it's like two guys in an umbrella. You're bringing guys, and you're got, you're kind of coming up to play. They got open. They made the throw, yeah. right? So yeah. it cuts both ways. I like it that way. I don't like sitting back. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I think for me, it, you, well, well, point well made. I think for me, there's just an aspect of a, a Bruce Nolan, a Bruceism, as we like to call them. You know, there's an aspect of like when you, you know one game, two game, it's not a big deal. Uh, three games is a trend, and when it's what you do, it's who you are. And the Buffalo Bills just play down to their opponent, their opponents. There's something there that just makes me nervous, and I, I appreciate the fact that you're nervous too. So that that just makes me feel good. Uh, let's take just a minute to kind of go around the horn, if you will, and uh, kind of get some final thoughts, and then we'll get everybody off to their family Christmas time. So. Uh, Mimi Fina, any final thoughts just about this show, this weekend, Christmas, family? The the the, the world is your oyster. Anything you want to talk about right now, not politics. Anything you want to talk about right now? 
right now or religion uh, is is good. So feel free. The floor is yours. Any final thoughts before I get us out of here? Um, you know, I think that. It's been a promising football week and a half so far. We had our UCLA win. We had our big Bills win against Dallas. We got our win yesterday. And we get to enjoy the rest of football today, tomorrow, bowl game season. And, you know, all the film watching that's going on in my living room every day. And I'm excited. I think that it's – we've all talked about that we have hope, uh, despite it being the thing with wings and fleeting – but I think that it is going to be a good rest of the season because we all get to enjoy it together. Awesome. Love it. McKenna, same, same rules apply, McKenna. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sorry. Obviously, I love the Bills, so I want them to win the Super Bowl. But I want them to win the Super Bowl so that I can get off of school for a week. Because <laughs> when we win the Super Bowl, then there will be a parade and like there will be no way to get to school. So like Buffalo will be crazy, obviously. So, like, there's a hope in me that, like, the Bills have never won a Super Bowl. So, obviously, we want them to win a Super Bowl. But, like, deep down, I really want them to win a Super Bowl so that I don't have to go to school. (laughs) That's amazing, John. (laughs) Well, uh, first and foremost, to Mimi's point, uh, we have all of our kids at home, which is great. We've been watching football. Bruno has every game and every NFL game on his iPad. So, we're spending like 25 minutes a day coaching. We're doing pass sets in the living room. Uh, so it's been a blast, uh, you know, watching the game with Mimi last night, seeing her behave the same way I do during a game is actually hilarious. Uh, so just remember out there, Bill's Mafia, that uh, everybody you saw in the field today, from the trainers to the coaches to the support staff, equipment guys and players are all going home to see their families too. And they they hurt a lot more in a loss than we do. They, you know, revel in a victory with you. And really in the end, it's about sitting down and having as much family and loved ones as close as you can get them. And, uh, you know, making amends for, you know, rougher times and bad relationships. And, you know, it's all ready. Uh, we're all ready to refresh, renew and and start 2024. But with respect to the bills, man, uh, what they've overcome with injuries and in, on defense and getting a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Whew, I mean, maybe that's, that's the moment, right? Maybe that's what continues to build and that's what they need right now. Yeah, super, super well said. And for me, I mean, there's a lot of just just appreciation for the opportunity and thankfulness for the opportunity to to get to do this and like have people watch us live, like talk about the Buffalo Bills and just be silly on camera. And I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for you, John. Uh, I'm thankful for your family and uh, just knowing that uh, we kind of get to go into extra thankful because we get to go into Christmas, not being upset. I texted you last night and I was like, so what is the show going to be about? And what do we do if we lose? Because I'm, I was not going to be like, if we lost that game, I'm in a position where it's like I'm doing overreaction and I'm going to rail this football team, right? That's what that's kind of. I'm not in. The, I'm not in happy-go-lucky, merry Christmas mode. I'm in like burn the world mode, like like fire it, fire it into the sun mode. Uh, but super, super thankful for yeah this football team, this staff, uh, the guys on this team. Thankful for my family and just uh, yeah excited to watch football today. Uh, we got our whole family coming over. My wife's whole family coming over today, which we do every Christmas Eve, and then obviously Christmas Day tomorrow. So. 
it's a time for hope. It's time for joy. It's a time for peace uh, and a time for love. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys. Appreciate, uh, appreciate, appreciate all of it. So yeah, thank you guys. And, and thank you ladies for joining us. Thank you so much. This was fun. So it was fun. <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the overreaction off tackle uh, post game co-op show with myself, Joe Miller, the host of the overreaction show and John Fina, the namesake of the off tackle John Fina show special guests, McKenna Miller, my daughter, firstborn and Mimi Fina, firstborn of John Fina. Uh, super, super, super. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's ba It's backwards. Uh, super thankful for uh, Buffalo rumblings. Our show sponsors, Victor Endel and Elmer. I care as well as the market dominator, John Spazcheck. ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you guys next week for Joe Miller, John Fina, McKenna and Mimi and all of our families. Go bills. Everybody say it. Go bills. Go bills. Go bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.